This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, February 4th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Trump to talk trade in State of the Union. Port troubles for Phase 1 and sniffing out trouble. Trump to talk trade tonight. President Donald Trump expected to use tonight's State of the Union address to make the case that his trade successes have benefited not just farmers, but working class men and women across the country. The theme of the speech is the, quote, great American comeback, according to the White House. The audience in the House gallery will include Wisconsin dairy farmer Les Danielson. He'll be the guest of Senator Tammy Baldwin of the state. In a statement released by Baldwin, as Danielson said, he hopes the president will, quote, move past empty promises and outline a clear plan to get the job done for farmers like me. Now, keep in mind, there are reports that the coronavirus outbreak could limit China's purchases under the Phase 1 trade deal that Trump signed last month. Representative Jimmy Panetta of California has a guest, a former farm worker who wants a path to citizenship. Panetta wants to draw attention to DREAMers as well as the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, which would also provide undocumented farm workers a path to legal status while also expanding the H-2A visa program. Iowa turnout lags and results are delayed. The Iowa caucuses are in the books, but it's not clear how much impact they'll have on the Democratic race. The stunning delays in counting the results left campaigns fuming and no candidate able to declare victory last night. Also notable, party officials had been predicting a huge turnout for this year's caucuses, but it apparently didn't materialize. A party statement last night said turnout was closer to the 2016 number of about 170,000 rather than the record of nearly 240,000 in 2008. Watch out. If Iowa were to lose its first-in-the-nation status because of the counting debacle yesterday, candidates in the future campaigns would likely pay less attention to farm and biofuel policy. China port uncertainty worries U.S. exporters. With mounting uncertainty over whether dock workers in China will be able to unload container and bulk ships, the Agriculture Transportation Coalition is reaching out to carriers to try to get more flexibility for the exporters that use their services. Some marine terminals in China are working, but some are not, as the country tries to contain the spread of the coronavirus, according to ATC Executive Director Peter Friedman. One fear is that there will be no Chinese product ready to be exported, so the containers will remain trapped at Chinese ports as carriers charge U.S. exporters fees. Now, if things are slowed down in China, then they don't have the cargo to ship to the United States because the factories are closed down, the truck drivers aren't driving, and the terminals may not be operating, he said. Amid the uncertainty, the coalition is asking carriers to wait longer before charging penalties to exporters. And by the way, U.S. meat industry officials in the Asia-Pacific region say they're not aware of any port closures in China due to the risk of the coronavirus. Joe Haggard with the U.S. Meat Export Federation said even during the bleakest days of the SARS in Hong Kong, that port was still loading and unloading vessels 24-7. A dog's nose knows when citrus is under threat. 
Dogs may be the best way for citrus producers to know when their orchards are being attacked by a pathogen that's been devastating the industry. That according to a new study by USDA scientists. The researchers' work published in this week in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found that with near 100% accuracy, dogs could detect citrus greening disease weeks before the disease could be seen visually or identified through molecular methods. Research showed dogs were, quote, more effective and economical than current early detection methods for sustainable disease control, according to the study. The 20 canines used in the study included German Shepherds, Springer Spaniels, as well as a Belgian Shepherd. One caution, though, dogs may be best suited for early detection. Once the pathogens become widespread in an orchard, it seems the dogs start alerting too frequently. Since the dogs have to be reported each time they are alerted for an infected area, the search starts to slow down. Hemp Farmers' challenge is in the genes. A new study from Cornell University says it's the genetics of hemp plants and not how they respond to growing conditions that determines whether they go hot and have too much THC. Often that issue of going hot has been blamed on environment, according to Larry Smart, senior author of the study and a professor in the School of Integrative Plant Science. THC is the psychoactive chemical in marijuana. Jacob Toff, first author of the paper and a doctoral student in Smart's lab, found hemp plants in the study fell into one of three genetic categories. Plants with two THC-producing genes, two CBD-producing genes, or one gene each for CBD and THC. The bottom line, to minimize the risk of plants going hot, hemp growers ideally want plants that have two CBD-producing genes, according to a summary of the research. Also in the world of hemp, a southeast Minnesota hemp grower has reached a settlement with the state over its demand last year that he destroy his crop because it was too high in THC. Lewis Hummel sued the state after he was ordered to destroy his hemp crop. He refused. His lawyer told the Minneapolis Star-Tribune the state is allowing him to process and sell his hemp, assuming it passes a test, and they were there to collect samples on Friday. Australia's woes are opportunity for U.S. rice. Drought-plagued Australia will have the smallest rice harvest in decades, and that's good news for U.S. medium and short-grain rice farmers, according to the USA Rice Federation. Australia is a member of the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. It gets preferential access to the Japanese market, but the country's meager crop this year could give U.S. exporters a new edge. The U.S. recently closed its own trade deal with Japan to make up for the U.S. absence in the CPTPP, but a deal on rice wasn't included. Australia's 2020 production is projected to be nearly one-tenth of its 10-year average, USA Rice says in a new report. With lower production comes lower exports projected to be 20,000 tons, down from 262,000 tons just two years ago. Here's today's He Said It. While these trade agreements are welcome news, we must not forget that 2019 was a tough year for farmers as they were the tip of the spear when it came to unfair trade retaliation. That Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue announcing the third and final round of the 2019 Market Facilitation Program payments would reach farmers this week. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, February 4th. 
brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.